And now, will you please pray with me the prayer our Lord taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The reading of the Gospel, which today comes from Mark 7, 24 through 37. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyree. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it. Yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an evil spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, born in Syria and Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. First, let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, Lord, she replied, but even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, for such a reply you may go. The demon has left your daughter. She went home and found her child lying on the bed, the demon gone. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyree and went through Sidon down to the Sea of Galilee and into the region of the Decapolis. There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly hear, and they begged him to place his hands on the man. After he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, Apathitha, which means be opened. At this, the man's ears were opened and his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone, but the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. The Gospel of our Lord praise you. You may be seated. We're going to sing the prayer to the Holy Spirit this morning, so feel free just to join in as you catch the tune. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit instructs the hearts of the faithful. Grant that by that same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise, ever rejoice in His consolations. 
Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Through Christ our Lord, amen. Oh, thank you for just playing into who I am. I appreciate that greatly. Well, I had this sermon all planned, don't you know? Because those of you that know me, I got the word five weeks ago. I jumped into the Bible. I was on it. I had it done. I was ready. And then Pastor Craig gave his sermon last week. And he challenged us to take a good hard look at how we as a church are doing welcoming and accepting all God's children. That struck a chord with me because last time I talked to you in April, the reading was from 1 John chapter 3, and it said, This is his command, to believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. The same idea is written in today's reading from James. If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. This law is written in a similar way in at least five other religions. Judaism says, what is hateful to you, do not do to your fellow human beings. Islam says, hurt no one so that no one may hurt you. Hinduism says, this is the sum of duty, to do nothing to others which would cause them pain. Buddhism says, do not do to others what would hurt you. And the Shawnee tribe says, do not kill or injure your neighbor, for it is not he or she that you injure. You injure yourself. Now, I learned these from a children's book I read my students this past week called The Golden Rule by Irene Cooper and Gabby Swatowska. God showed my students and I diversity and equality with this book. If everyone in the world would follow this rule, think what kind of world we would have. As the author says in the book, it's a simple rule, but it isn't always easy. The book ends with the grandpa saying, you can't make everyone practice the golden rule in the world. There's only one person you can ask to do that. And the grandson says, me? And grandpa finishes with, you. It all begins with you. And that started my head thinking that I better check in with myself to see how I was doing before I start thinking about how our church is doing. And I felt pretty pleased with myself when I started out. 
because I know I am uncomfortable making eye contact when I speak with homeless people. So I told myself I would make eye contact this time when I talked to that homeless guy at Walmart. And I did make eye contact. But when the man said, God bless you, I couldn't even get the words out to say God blesses you too. It is not hard to say. It's four little words. God bless you too. But my tongue got all tied up and a car was coming up behind me, so I just got out of there. Not my best moment. We were practicing spelling words this week in class. I'm a teacher across the lake. And I always put the spelling word in a sentence so the children can hear how the word is used. Now, I don't remember what the word was, but I started saying something about mom cooking dinner for the family. And my brain said, why are you having mom doing the cooking? Dad's cook too. Of course, I was too far into the sentence to change it to make sense, so I just made a really lame sentence with a change and told the kids it was not a very good sentence. This should be second nature to me by now, and it usually is. But I was distracted by something a kid was doing over here, so I wasn't fully concentrating on my words. And my subconscious bias came out. I don't want that to be my subconscious bias. I believe that men and women have equal responsibility for raising families. My students need to hear and see me saying that. Again, not my best moment. My students also need to see people of different ethnic backgrounds. Their ethnic backgrounds. I teach on a reservation. They need to see those people doing impressive things, doing everyday things and succeeding in their lives in the stories and the history books we read in class. Now I have been looking all over for books like that and they're pretty hard to come by. I have found some, and I use them whenever I can, so that counts as a plus for me, but I still have a lot of work to do on that. So my personal musings led me to thinking about our church and how we are doing at being inclusive of all God's people. In the last part of the Apostles' Creed, it says, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. The lowercase c in Catholic shows that the word is not talking about the Catholic Church. It's talking about the meaning open to all, which is what our curriculum taught when I was teaching third grade religion class. We state that we believe we are open to all, when we say the Apostles' Creed. Now, we are a very welcoming church, but is it a complete, deep down, subconscious welcoming? If a homosexual couple brought their children to church, how many disparaging looks would be given from the corners of our eyes? If a dirty, smelly, homeless person was sitting in the middle of church, would we be trying to figure out how to get him some food and get him out of there? Or would, be, would we be inviting him back next week to sit with us? If a Hispanic couple comes to church wearing a housekeeping outfit and landscaping clothes because they have got to go to work right after church, are we going to be thinking, do they have their green cards? 
Or are we going to be thinking, I wonder if they'd like to uh, join our new member class? So many questions to ask of ourselves and our church. Now the reading from James can help us with these questions. Here is how verse 17 is worded from the Message Bible. You can no more show me your works apart from your faith than I can show you my faith apart from my works. Faith and works, works and faith. They fit together hand in hand. That means we have to do something, not just talk about it to show our faithfulness. Our actions demonstrate the genuineness of our faith. Even when Jesus was tired, he kept doing things healing the sick, feeding the poor, and spreading God's word to others. In Ephesians 2, verse 10, it says, We are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. It says we. That's all-inclusive. He has things for us to do. We don't have to do them to get into heaven, but we have to do them to show that we believe in Jesus Christ and that we have faith in him. The reason James is so important is that he refuses to let any piece of truth lie around us unused. He, picks, he bugs us until we pick it up and work it into our everyday lives, our subconscious. He tells us to apply that truth to common things, from personal bias to things we do not understand. He doesn't give us an exhaustive list of what we have to do as Christians. What he does is insist that everything we do be integrated into our life of faith. This is not an easy task. I have trouble answering the questions from above. I went down the rabbit hole this week trying to figure out how to right the wrongs I saw myself doing. And I got caught up in asking God to please give me answers. Give them to me now because I really need to know what to do. And I don't know what to do. And please tell me now, now, now. You know that prayer, don't you? We've all done that. Then I read a devotional that made me think differently about how to get the answers. I stopped asking God to give me the answers. I started inviting God into my heart, mind, and soul to show me what he wanted me to do, to help me be still so I could hear what he wanted. Approaching my prayers that way has helped me relax and be less stressed about things, even when God made me rewrite the sermon on Friday night. God will help me see the answers to these questions. God can help our church see the answers, too. Now, the song that we sang for the very beginning of the service, Come to the Table by Sidewalk Prophets, has an amazing video that goes along with that song. We see different people coming to a door and entering into a room. By the end of the video, the table is full of people of different nationalities different sexual preferences, different religions, different income brackets, and different ideas. All of them are sitting around a table studying the Bible together. All are welcoming God's eyes. 
May God help us see the way to be open to all and have the strength to make the changes that need to be made. Amen. And now we have our blessing. So if you would stand for the blessing, please. Go forth from this place refreshed and empowered to do the ministry to which God calls you. Travel lightly, for you carry within you all that you need. Notice God's presence in simple everyday experiences. Whenever opportunity arises, labor for the good of all. And the blessing and joy of God, our creator, healer, and life giver, go with you today and always. Amen. Hallelujah. Go in peace and remember the poor. And thanks, thanks be, be to God. God.